Do the intro already, Jimmy. We're waiting. Everyone's waiting. Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show in which we discuss movies, games, and TV shows in addition to kind of whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. <laughs> kind of like that. I'm your host, Jimmy Uthie, joined by my co-host, Holden Sutter. Like that, too. We've got a great show for you this week featuring our reviews of Bong Joon-ho's Snowpiercer and that Skinwalker movie that's not very good. Sorry. Bong Joon-ho. <laughs> Let's do it, Holden. <laughs> that one movie podcast. <laughs> Dump. All right. So Jimmy insisted that he did the intro this week, even though I did the notes again, which seems you know unfair. Holden, you know what, Holden? I literally slaved over this YouTube video for like a dozen hours. It took a long time and it's way too long. I should have definitely split it into two or three parts, but it's a darn good video and you haven't even watched it yet. Okay. I'm sorry I didn't do the notes. Everything's canceled still. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Let's do the Toms. Huh? Okay, Holden. we got Toms. You guys ready for Toms? Jimmy, are you ready for Toms? I'm ready to wait for the intro for Toms and then be ready for Toms. All right. The Toms, the Toms, the Toms, the Toms. Now it's time for Tom's. Now it is. <laughs> Tom's is a rapid fire segment where we write the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Tom's, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw being the highest, Bombadil the lowest, and Bergeron somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. That's funny. I thought Tom's was a game. You said segment there, and I just uh, have a hard time <laughs> believing that. <laughs> Hey, as long as I'm doing the notes, it's a segment, bud. <laughs> bud. Uh, okay, so on the on the more obvious news, I guess, we've got some more delays this week, Jimmy. This is more inevitable <laughs> Barack stuff. Obama endorsed Joe Biden. <laughs> I like how that was a big headline. Like, Barack Obama endorses Democratic candidate for president. Barack Obama <laughs> endorses Democratic candidate, also his former VP. <laughs> okay, we don't need I'm to get glad, into the politics, Jimmy. I'm glad I got that breaking news from like every news app I've ever had in my life. Incredible. Uh, so we got some more delays this week. Um, some more exciting than others. Actually, none of these are like... I'm super hyped for her, I guess. Uh, was first of all, we got Sponge, the SpongeBob movie, Sponge Out of Water. Apparently, just officially got delayed. <coughs> Keep forgetting that movie exists. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Infinite, <laughs> Mark Wahlberg's sci-fi movie that sounds really generic. <laughs> Boy, I never even knew that existed. Yeah. Well, there's not even a trailer for it or anything. Apparently, it's something about this guy who, uh, like, he figures out that his memories are like actually things from the future or something like that. I don't know. I hate it when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> um, so Soul, the new Pixar movie, also got delayed officially. It got delayed to November, and it took the spot of Raya and the Last Dragon, which was the newest just Disney Animation Studios movie, um, which then got that got delayed to March, which took the spot of some other uh, unannounced uh, Disney movie. So 
Yeah, so we won't see Soul until November, I guess. It's all right. Yep. We just got a Pixar movie, so. <laughs> we did. Nobody saw it. Nope. You should watch it. It's on Disney+. Plus. And then, of course, listen to our review on That One Movie Podcast. Yeah, you really don't have any excuse not to watch it now. <clears throat> so, just do it. You're stuck at home. Might as well. Um, but then I actually have a few notable movies that haven't been delayed yet that were that made the news this week, apparently. Uh, Dune is still planned to come out in December. So that and Tenet are still supposedly making their original release dates, even though I think Tenet will be please, delayed. Please, please. <laughs> Tenet will probably be delayed. But um, Dune is still planned for December. Uh, did you see the first images released this week for it? Yeah, I, I, I didn't want to read the Vanity Fair article because they started getting to, to somewhat minor spoilers, and I just don't want to know that much about it. But I did look at the pictures. Yeah, and there's like Timothy Chalamet walking sad on a beach. He's <laughs> got his hands in his pockets, and he's got a big old coat on. Oscar Isaac's got a really nice beard going. Yeah. I like yeah. the costumes. Yeah, looks cool. Josh Brolin looks pretty cool. It's got such a good cast. Every time, like, each image I was looking at, I'm like, oh, yeah, they're in this. And then I went and looked at the cast list, and I'm like, oh, yeah, all these people are in it. I'm excited. Look at all those people. All these faces and names I recognize. Incredible. Hollywood. Including including me, I have a cameo. Oh, yeah. I play one of the dunes. (laughs) One of the dunes? (laughs) You play one of the giant sandworms that are in the movie. (laughs) Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, That's what they sound like. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And then in addition to that, these are a little bit farther out, but production apparently is still um, on track for the Suicide Squad, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Uh, James, Gun- James Gunn confirmed both of those were still uh, on track to be released when they were supposed to. Suicide Squad's coming out next August, I think. The and- Suicide Squad. Yeah, The Suicide Squad. It's coming out next August, I think, and Guardians is coming out I the had year no after. I-, I had no idea what you were talking about there for a second because you didn't say The Suicide Squad. Incredible. Wow. <laughs> you really got me. I'm-, I'm glad you clarified for the audience, too. Um. <laughs> And uh, the new Spider-Man movie as well, which is supposedly coming out next year. I feel like that's going to get delayed, too. <laughs> Especially... On. What? I was going to say, I thought Suicide Squad has already come out, but maybe my <laughs> memories are just the future. Oh, much like that Mark Wahlberg movie we know nothing about. We're in the Mark Wahlberg movie, Holden. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually filming a scene for that movie right now. <laughs> No, we're in the movie. The movie is our reality. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. We're going to snatch on this guy. Infinite is going to be the new Matrix. <laughs> Getting philosophical questions going for everyone. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. All those delays, I'm going to give them... Well, okay. I'm going to give the delays... Spurgeons, I guess, because I don't really care <laughs> about the delays. Thomas Bergerons. And then the uh, ones that are still coming on track, I'm pretty pumped for. So I'm going to give Brokaws too. Yeah. How do you feel about uh, that? I was, I'm trying to think of a... Tra- I'm try- I'm Brokaw. I'm trying to think of a train movie that's still on track to come out. But all I can think of is Snowpiercer. So our Snowpiercer <laughs> is review is unstoppable. still on track. Unstoppable. <laughs> Boy, that's a boring movie if I remember correctly. <laughs> Spencer Washington. No, speed's not on a train. I'm stupid. Speed's on a bus. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Uh, yeah. Okay. 
So, in addition to more coronavirus-related content, because that's all that there is in the world right now, um, Bob Iger is apparently going to stay on board Disney until this coronavirus pandemic subsides because he feels bad. He's, he, he didn't say this exactly in an interview, but he basically said this. He's like, he doesn't want to leave the other Bob with a company that's losing just a bunch of money. <laughs> Here you go, Robert Allen. Uh, what's the other Bob? Bob Shapek, Bob Two, Bob. Yeah, <laughs> I just call him Other Bob in my notes, and Other is capitalized. So, <laughs> Other Bob. Uh, yeah, and so I mean, I guess that's good for I get good of him. Uh, good move on his part, but also it's Disney. So like, are they really in trouble? No, no, they aren't. <laughs> Uh, but good for him. I'll give it a a, a broca, I guess, because now we're gonna we're gonna mention Bob Iger some more, maybe. Robert Allen Iger. He seems like a nice guy. Yeah, he does. But he also does like head an evil corporation, so. <laughs> and he keeps John Favreau locked in a cage in his office. He sure does. <laughs> John's like, I was so close to getting out. Oh. Hold on, I don't know if you have this in your notes because this was just recently like announced today kind of along the lines of John Favreau, if you allow me to segue, I segue here. Say it. But starting on Star Wars Day, May 4th, I think it's a Friday. Every Friday for eight weeks, we're getting an eight-part Mandalorian behind-the-scenes extensive look documentary oh boy. That sounds thing. like something that you're going to want to make me watch, and I'll watch it and be like, yep, it's okay. And you'll be like, <laughs> oh, my God, hold it. You see, like, the... the the, the computer graphics see how they did that and then i'm gonna be like hey that yep. is revolutionary okay <laughs> that is going to change the way movies and tv shows are made and you are frankly not appreciative <laughs> appreciative appreciative enough of it okay hold on. i no, i think it, i think like behind the scenes documentary stuff is interesting but you 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 are very into it yeah you will, you will For, be gushing uh, about it <laughs> Hey, forgive me for being interested in filmmaking while I host a podcast about films in which we critique them. Yeah, you should be ashamed. That's why my reviews and critiques are better, because I actually know yeah, what's happening. Yeah, okay. Sure. Whatever. We'll see what you give Skinwalker Ranch. Probably a 9 out of 10, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But the person who wrote the review for Roger Ebert's website gave it a two and a half. I saw stars. that. I read I it, I read it when I was writing notes. Oh, my God. And it was, and the, the rationale was like, it wasn't terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I beg to differ. All right. Uh, so, yeah. Next news. Um, so, the new Al Capone movie is coming out fairly soon. This was actually just announced today or yesterday. Um, but I thought Al Capone was dead. No, he's, he's actually in a new movie coming out May 12th. <laughs> wow. Pretty incredible. Uh, what they can do with CGI these days, am I right? Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be released May 12th uh, on demand, as far as I know. I don't think it's being released necessarily to a streaming service, but it's going to be you can like rent it or whatever. Um, it's a movie starring Tom Hardy as Al Capone. Uh, and the movie, the movie is called Capone. I guess I didn't clarify that. It's called I was, Capone. I was I was going to ask, is it called Capone? It is called Capone. It was originally <laughs> it called... What was it originally? I can't remember. It had a different name until today. Um, there was a trailer released. I didn't really feel like watching it, so I didn't make you watch it. Um, but apparently it's set towards the end of Al Capone's life when he's falling into uh, syphilitic dementia. 
Um, and it's him like looking back on his life. So it sounds like the Irishman, but <laughs> probably not as good. Man, um, I really shouldn't have committed tax fraud. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, and uh, Tom Hardy from all the images I've seen, he's like re- he has like a lot of like makeup and prosthetics on. He looks pretty good. Um, it's Is he being, wearing a mask? <laughs> no, uh, it's being it's being directed by Josh Trank, who previously did Chronicle, which was a good movie, and then Fant Four Stick, which was a terrible uh, yeah, movie. Say, <laughs> Fantastic Four. <laughs> And this is the movie he's the first movie he's done since because no one wanted him for a while after the way he acted on the Fantastic Four uh, production. So we'll see yeah. if this is more akin to Chronicle or that, I guess. Um, but the the more concerning thing about this is that it's being distributed by Vertical Entertainment, and they have uh, released such recent hits as the Jacob's Ladder remake, uh, Gaudy. Yikes. Um, <laughs> Billionaire Boys Club, which was the last movie that Don't Kevin Spacey that one. Kevin Spacey was in it. It was the last one he was in. It was apparently terrible. You and know what, Holden? I think if we tried to make a movie right now, we could actually get Kevin Spacey to do it. I'm sure we could. <laughs> <laughs> And then also another movie just called Undercover Grandpa. And I don't know what it's about, but I thought it was funny. <laughs> the title. I hope it's a grandpa undercover instead of a grandpa who's under your covers. <laughs> I hope so, too. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we'll see how that turns out, I guess. If it's good, maybe we'll review it for the podcast. I don't know. That would give us something new to do. <laughs> yeah. I, w- I, was, I had another piece of news that that reminded me of that but i don't remember what it is now so we're just gonna have to go on as i waste 10 seconds of everybody's lives incredible <laughs> like you usually do well i mean hey, you who, hey who, who, hey, hey who listen suggested the movie this week was hey. it one of your brothers yeah, yeah hey listen they just jimmy. wasted about 80 minutes of my life that i'll never get back <laughs> hey listen jimmy you wasted everyone who watched that video's 15 minutes <laughs> Hey, it's 16 minutes and like 20 seconds, and it's very good, okay? Okay. We'll get to more of that, and what are you doing? Um, So next bit of uh, Capone, I'll give a Bergeron, I guess, because I want it to be good, but we'll see. I'm not paying 20 bucks for that sucker. Bombadil. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so the next bit of news is Sam Raimi actually confirmed that he's going to be directing uh, the new Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Um, this is going to be his first full-length movie since 2013's Oz the Great and Powerful. And he did it like very casually. It was just in this like uh, review or this um, this podcast where he was talking or it was not a podcast, it was, but it was some sort of interview that he was talking about I think Spider-Man 2. Because I think Spider-Man, is Spider-Man 2 the one where they say the Doctor Strange line? Uh, I think so. I okay. think so. But anyway, um, so it, he made this comment. This is the quote he, he said. He said, uh, he was, and this is about Doctor Strange. He was so original, but when we had that moment in Spider-Man 2, I had no idea that we would ever be making a Doctor Strange movie. So it was really funny to me that co- coincidentally that down... That, that that line was in the movie i gotta say i wish we had the foresight to know that i was going to be involved in the project it's just yeah it's too bad i didn't know 15 years in advance (laughs) i was gonna be working on this project (laughs) no it's just like it's interesting that he just like casually said that i don't know just casually i mean i'm sure like it's a no-brainer move for disney yeah it's such a good idea good for him i think they should have him do spider-man 4 yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? Nope. <laughs> I don't want Come that. Come on. Come nope. on. Why not? You don't want him to do Spider-Man 4? 
I don't know. Well, I don't know. Maybe. I guess we'll have to see where Spider-Man 3 leaves off, huh? We'll see where, we'll, we'll see where Into the Spider-Verse goes when it inevitably brings in uh, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, you know? Oh, I hope so. It's going to do it. Um, yeah, so I'll give that a Brokaw. Yay. Brokaw. That's a Thomas Two Thumbs Up Brokaw. Heck yeah. Um, so Disney's Robin Hood is now getting a live action slash CGI film. Great, another Robin Hood movie. That's my thought, and it's uh, <laughs> but it's also uh, it's still gonna be like the animal thing, so it's gonna be CGI animals doing Robin Hood. <laughs> uh, this is directed Disney Plus, isn't it? I, I don't think I it said. I thought it was. Maybe it is, or at least that's the impression I was under. Uh, it's, why would you pay money to see this? <laughs> it's being directed by Carlos Estrada, who uh, recently directed Blind Spotting, which is apparently really good, but haven't seen it. Um, but that kind of goes along with the trend of getting like a really talented indie filmmaker to just come on and do your <laughs> multi-million dollar movie with no character. Classic, Classic. corporations. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, good director, I guess. Um. I'll give it a bird draw because I don't care. Another thing yeah, where I bird draw. Bombadil, there you go. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I'm just feeling edgy today. <laughs> um, okay, so this was actually one I didn't hear about uh, at all until I was doing uh, research for the notes. But apparently, Atomic Blonde two is in the works at Netflix. Did you see that movie, Jimmy? Nope, never did see Atomic Blonde. Okay, well, uh, so it was directed by David Leitch, uh, who was one of the directors of the original John Wick movie, and he's also done, like, Deadpool 2 since then, and several, I think, maybe another movie. I can't remember. Um, but he's coming, he's supposedly coming back to direct. Uh, Charlize Theron's going to come back to uh, star in the movie. Apparently, the first one was successful. I looked it up, and I didn't know it was, but apparently it made, like, $100 million on, like, a $25 million budget or something, so not bad. Um, and, yeah, so it's apparently going to be being made for Netflix. There you go. Um, and then this also reminded me that apparently David Leitch is making a video game adaptation movie of The Division for Netflix. We'll have to see. I've never played the, the Tom Clancy's The Division, so I wouldn't know. Seems like a weird one. All to make I know a movie is that of. they downgraded their graphics from E3. Yeah, just like Those, Watch Dogs. Yeah. Gosh. Ubisoft, or however you're supposed to say it. Ubisoft. No, it's Ubisoft. It's not. <laughs> it is, though. I it's highly like, doubt that. No, it actually is, which is dumb. Okay. But I guess. I'm saying Ubisoft because that's what everyone else says. I'm currently playing Ubisoft's excellent game, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. No one cares. I'm actually playing a Ubisoft game right now too. We'll get that. We'll get into that in and in in what were we doing? Um. Anyway, uh, next bit of oh, I I'll give that a brokaw or whatever. Um, the next bit of news you'll find interesting, Jimmy. Um, Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon may be scooped up by Apple or Netflix. Uh, much like his most Ooh. recent movie. I could see Apple pouncing on that because they've got to be pretty desperate because yeah. all their shows have bombed. <laughs> uh, it's Yeah, it, I mean, it's much like his recent The Irishman movie. And this is crazy. I didn't realize this, but uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, uh, the reason why is because Universal is getting weary about the movie having a $200 million budget. 
That's what the Irishman was, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, it was like 250, I want to say. It was insane. That's why Netflix, he said only Netflix would pay that much. Oh, okay. Well, that, I mean, I guess that would make sense I'll then. Oh, look at that. That's up so great. Right cr- now, Holden. Okay. Budget of the Irishman. You keep riffing. The, um, that's just like crazy to think about because Scorsese's previous highest growth, like. All right, I lied. It's 159 million. Okay. I thought it was 200. Those maybe with marketing and all but, that. But movies with that budget are typically reserved for big, like large scale Star movies, Wars. Star Wars, <laughs> yet Marvel movies, you know, kind of stuff like that. And it's also one of the reasons why I think Universal is worried is because Scorsese's previous highest grossing movie is three hundred million dollars for Silence. Silence is Scorsese's highest grossing movie. Yep. Really? No, it's not. It's Wolf of Wall Street. I was like, there is absolutely no way. You've been joshed, Jimmy. You've Man, been joshed. I just, I just did a video. My video is tw- a dozen great movies you probably haven't seen. Man, Silence would have been a good one. I'll have to save that for my next video. I haven't seen Silence. Um, you but yeah. have to hear Silence. Nice. Um, yeah. So. Thank you. <laughs> So Scorsese is apparently shopping it around, but I found that very interesting. I find it interesting because it literally takes place in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. So where's all that budget going? Is he just getting like an all-star cast? I guess like it's just unless literally, they're literally building the town. Let's <laughs> let's just get like even the, let's have everyone in the movie be a star, including the extras. Everyone in oh, the background, what? you just look back there. You're like, oh, Amy Adams, I see you. Well, oh, if they look, are doing Denzel li- Washington. I think it's Leonardo DiCaprio, right? Yeah. Yeah, if they're doing him and Robert De Niro, I mean, those guys got to be expensive. Yeah. I don't know. $200 million expensive, though? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what the movie's like when it comes out. I'm going to give it up. And if you're interested... Oh, I just threw my phone on the ground. (laughs) And if you're interested in the history behind that book... Or that book adaptation into a movie that Scorsese's doing, you should check te- check out our podcast on it from a while ago. Yep, it's labeled as a bonus episode, so you can yeah. find it from a while ago. I don't know when it was. Yeah, it was earlier. I think it was at it was like December. Okay, so um, so I'll give it a broca, I guess. I'll give it a broca as well, Holden. Okay, so the next bit of news um, I, is I, more for my benefit, but you also might find it interesting, I guess. Um, so Kevin Smith is currently making Mallrats 2. And for those of you listening who don't know what Mallrats is, it was a 90s movie um, that was kind of set inside of his whole cinematic universe thing. But it was mostly about these kind of slackers hanging out at a mall and learning life lessons kind of i guess i don't know it's like a it's a weird comedy from the 90s that some people like i think it's all right um but he's making a sequel to it and supposedly uh he revealed on a latest episode of his podcast that it uh, it will focus on coronavirus's impact on malls um and so i'm hoping it's just an empty store (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i would imagine but i he said uh, when he was talking about coronavirus and how it's like shutting down malls and stuff, he, he said in a quote, um, I'm like, well, that's useful information for my line of work. So I had to start writing the, the pandemic into the movie because clearly this is going to be remembered for all time. It's not like, oh, why would you make a, uh That's so topical. The coronavirus happened last year. You're still 
you, you'll still be hearing coronavirus related stories and plot lines and drops for the next five to 10 years, the same way that post September 11th, that was everywhere. So, yeah, true. Uh, which I found interesting. And yeah, it's probably true. We'll probably be seeing a lot of coronavirus movies in the near future. Um, so, yeah. I'll give it a Broca, I guess. <laughs> I'll give it an honorary Broca on your behalf, Holden. Incredible. Thank you. Uh, and that's it for Tom's for me. Do you have anything, Jimmy? Uh, I did mention to that you I did mention this to you beforehand. You didn't care though. Uh, that PlayStation <laughs> is doing like a stay at home initiative or something. Play at home initiative, something like that it's called, where they're just giving away free games. One of them is the Uncharted collection, the Nathan Drake collection remastered and i can't remember the other game but you should check that out if you have a playstation and you want some free games so i think that's just pretty cool that they're just giving away games like that yeah play uncharted yeah it's pretty fun i had another piece of news that i just don't remember at all so maybe i'll remember it later maybe i won't it must not be that important it's probably not jimmy let's be honest should we what should we do first holden uh, let's just do skinwalker ranch Let's get this. Let's just do spoilers too, huh? <laughs> All right. So, Skinwalker Ranch, you're not going to see it. It was hard enough for me to find a place to buy it properly. Like, what was it? It wasn't on Amazon, I don't think. I used Google Play. Well, here's my process, Holden. Okay. So, I. I wanted to be like, I don't want to pay for this, okay? I want to do like a free trial of a VPN, find it on a Netflix in some random country and just watch it there, which is exactly what I did. But the only country it was available in is was South Korea. Interesting. Most of most movies are available in like five, six different countries. And Netflix has this new like anti VPN thing where a lot of VPN things don't work anymore. I mean some of them do, but it's very hit or miss. And the one for like one might work in an area and another one might not. And there was only like one option for South Korea and it didn't work. So I had to end up renting it, renting it anyway on freaking Google Play. Did SD. Thank goodness. <laughs> I didn't waste another 99 cents on that piece of found footage trash. Um, Yeah, I I tried to find it on Amazon Prime and I don't think it was there. But I ended up buying it on YouTube. That was the first time I'd ever rented a movie on YouTube. So what an experience. Revolutionary for me, I guess. Um, Yeah. Uh, The upside is my brother paid for it. So I did. Can your brother Venmo me $3? Hey, uh, he'll give me an answer after he listens to this podcast. I will not ask him outside of this (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Which brother is it? Xander. Xander, you owe me three bucks. <laughs> Does Xander like this movie? Uh, no. Okay. No. Okay. So, so I can rip it to shreds. So sto- story behind this movie, uh, I guess, first of all, a little bit of, uh, about this movie. This movie is a found footage movie that takes place on these, the true location, I guess, of Skinwalker Ranch, which is this like real location where supposedly um, like alien sightings have happened, kind of like a Roswell kind of thing i guess wait um, hold on hold on wait what all this d- wasn't real incredible right <laughs> i didn't know until after the credits Jeez. oh my gosh um but 
so my brother apparently I don't remember how it came up. He was with his friends and they started talking about this place, Skinwalker Ranch, and then they wanted to watch a movie about it because they figured there was one. And so they just picked the first one they could find. And there's like a few like History Channel documentaries or whatever. It's just like various documentaries you can find about it, which are probably infinitely more entertaining than this one. (laughs) Um, And uh, so they, they picked this movie, which came out in 2013. And it's one of the most boring movies I have ever seen. It is bad, but not so bad that it's entertaining. It's and it's like it's a black hole of entertainment. Like yeah. <laughs> entertainment cannot escape it. It just yeah. <laughs> It's like it's like not as bad as The Room or not as bad as Blood, Blood Debts. Dead. But like but those movies were entertaining because they were so bad. If that if this movie had gone one step farther and been that bad, I feel like it could have been funny. But it just wasn't. It was. It was at the worst possible point for a movie to be. <laughs> I there is nothing. I've never seen a more inconsequential movie in my life. There is absolutely nothing in this movie to grip your attention. No. Anything that actually happens is so generic and cliche that you just don't care it's like it's so weird uh we are gonna go into full spoilers for this um i guess don't just to, worry we're, <laughs> we're doing you a favor don't bother <laughs> don't look up anything about this movie uh i guess you can like one thing that's pretty entertaining look up user reviews of this movie because some people are really positive about they it and i do not movie. understand <laughs> it's so bad I just want to get into. I looked at that too. I was like, okay, what is the consensus on well, this? Like the well, IMDb- the consensus is that none of the critics even saw this, other than the one Roger Ebert person who gave this a two and a half <laughs> out of four half. stars. Incredible, incredible. Only as we mentioned before, it's only because it wasn't bad. It wasn't terrible. <laughs> that was his like reasoning. And I would beg to differ about that. I think this movie is so garbage. The characters. Are, have the dimension have the are about as dimensional as a, a piece of paper yeah they they're like non-existent <laughs> and going along with that the acting is pretty bad it's either it's either from the acting ranges from passable to terrible the the owner of the ranch is like literally one of the worst actors i've seen in a movie in a long time <laughs> he'll just like <laughs> I can't remember like any time okay so basically the plot plot quote unquote of this movie is is that like the owner of this ranch his kid got abducted or like taken or something and so these people who work for this government agency or something come out to the ranch to try to investigate it and figure out what happened um and <laughs> every single time that this uh, Every single time that this rancher reacts to the kid, like if he sees like a vision of the kid or whatever, his like reaction to it is so funny. It's like the funny, like he freaks out and it's not the way that you would freak out if you saw your kid, like if you saw your kid. He also gets like really irrational and it's just doesn't make any sense. This movie doesn't make any sense. There's so much stuff just randomly going on. Oh my gosh. It is beyond boring i i could not focus on this movie Mm -hmm. like i had to be doing something else 
I always like I try my best to stay off my phone when I'm watching a movie even if it's bad like I managed to even do it with blood debts even though it was like boring in the middle of it but this one is just like there was nothing at least blood debts hooked me at the start with interesting stuff <laughs> this did not hook me with anything <laughs> and then it it's just like you okay the found footage aspect of this does not work at all there's and no doesn't reason make any sense like there's no reason for this movie to be found footage other than they're like let's make it found footage and edgy and they're trying to be like the Blair Witch but it it seems everything about this movie seems so manufactured that you cannot get invested in the story at all there's some shots in this movie that don't make like uh, that are like astounding to me like us uh, like with the from the found footage perspective there's like it, i don't know if you remember you just watched this and i'm just i'm still asking you this do you remember the part where uh like at the beginning of the movie where they're on the jeep and they go to find the deer or whatever yeah like there's several times where they're looking forward and the only play the only way that the camera placement would make sense is if it was like sitting on the hood of the jeep <laughs> <laughs> and there's like of course there's no way that the guy is sitting on the hood of the jeep and then also like when they're driving the jeep the sound mixing is so bad it, like the car is so loud it like drowns out <laughs> everything else in the scene i just <sighs> cgi is pretty bad i mean i looked up like a history article about skinwalker ranch and apparently this is pretty faithful to like the myths behind it like but... like like what do you mean just like, like what ha- shining like, lights and taking the forms of wolves and like humanoid figures and bright lights it was okay the first time the wolves appeared it was not clear to me that they were aliens i was just like it just looks like a wolf yeah i actually like it's just like off in the distance in the middle of the road and you can hardly see it and i thought it was like a mountain lion i'm like oh okay they're just shooting at a mountain lion all right i mean i probably would too if i owned the ranch <laughs> But I like how the like the kid runs around the house every day at eleven eleven. That that okay. <laughs> Zader told me that there was one point in the movie where he laughed so hard the first time he watched it, and it was the first time that kid runs through the kitchen. Because <laughs> just the way it's it's like shot, it's so funny. It just, like it it's supposed to be startling, but it's not. <laughs> it's all the, there's like it's supposed to be a bunch of creepy kids in this movie but it's just a creepy kid trope this movie is the least scary thing i i think i've seen <laughs> yeah for sure um what else i think there the there's um one i think if you take that scene where the girl is like the tape they're like oh we got to show you this tape that's like in the barn or whatever for whatever reason yeah i don't i i was like did i am i just zoning out why is this like tape in the barn what is the significance of that tape i think it's just to show that they're like shapeshifters and they like shapeshifted into that girl and win it like if that part was a standalone short film that's a decent standalone short film i think that has redeeming qualities i think it makes more sense that it's found footage and the found footage it's all kind of it's way more one shot or it's way i mean rough around the edges or something it just and it has a nice little twist that it's not the girl or whatever um and the, the production value is actually a little higher there too 
Yeah. You almost I wonder if they just like took some random short film and put it in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, the effects are just not great. No. It's just this the thing that you're supposed to be scared of is just like this gray CGI humanoid figure that's not scary. Yeah. And it's not it's not scary at all. And I it, think it, the characters you do not care about any of them. What's what's interesting is what you're saying about like the girl like being a shape-shifted alien and maybe the wolves too. I never picked up on that in the movie. I do not think that was conveyed very well at all. No, the, it's not, alien it's, shapeshift. It's not that well conveyed. Cuz I I just assume it seems it's like, like they like take over people too. Yeah. I like I, I wasn't know. really sure I guess I wasn't to me I thought that the girl was just like completely disconnected from the rest of the movie and part of that is that I was on my phone for part of it so I just like was not <laughs> watching some of it um I thought the girl part was just like randomly in the movie and then I thought the wolves and stuff were just like oh these are alien wolves too <laughs> there's there's a, like humanoid aliens and alien wolves but yeah. if they're shape-shifting I guess that makes sense but they did a terrible job of like conveying that it felt like it was trying to be like the thing a little bit, but like not in a compelling way. Like no. they could have just ripped off the thing and it would have been more interesting. Yeah. And it was trying to doing that and like a Blair Witch style. And it just, <laughs> it doesn't do enough of either of those things. It's just, <laughs> it's too generic in the middle of that to be really anything. And I want to go back to the found footage thing because sure. for me, if you're going to be found footage, I'm like, I'm very skeptical about found footage. I think you really have to have a good reason to use it. And then it can be done very well. I think examples would be like Blair Witch Project was the OG. I think that holds up as a found mo- found footage film. Yeah. It's also about what you don't show. This movie shows everything. There's it's, nothing left to any sort of interpretation. It's... It's so weird to me, too, because, like, Blair Witch... So, Blair Witch, like, the way it's told is it's, like, supposed to be these uh, these students, like, kind of making this school project. And so, at the beginning of the movie, you know, they do interviews with the townsfolk, and then they go out in the woods, and it's the found footage stuff. To me, like, that did not... Like, they do the same thing in this movie, where at the beginning of the movie, there's, like, interviews, but it, like, didn't they didn't explain why those are in with the found footage because i was just like well why aren't they why isn't it just the tape like why Uh, is it yeah like it didn't make it they didn't say that this was like they were necessary like this was the school project they had already i mean obviously not a school project but this wasn't like the project they had already made this was just like i don't know those two parts seemed very disconnected yeah, and again, like I went, I want to go back to that whole. It just seems so manufactured, because a everything is in it. There's mm-hmm. literally not a moment missed. Nothing is missed, taken out of it. There's no gaps. Yeah. Um, this movie doesn't feel like. I mean, it's supposed to take place over two weeks. It really doesn't feel like that. No, it feels like two days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like two or three days. I they kind of do these other monologues with the with the camera at points but they just seem so inconsequential 
they don't add anything. The characters are so dull. Maybe if you pared it down to two or three characters, it would work better. But there's like five or six, and you just like, who is this? Is that one guy? And most there's of, only one cameraman. Yeah, for the whole thing. And most of the movie, they're like, they're just kind of like getting spooked by things, and then the climax just like happens. There's like no build. The like the climax, I was just kind of just kind of happened. Yeah, and then everyone died. <laughs> like i was like when when people started dying off i'm like okay so this is when like people are starting to die you know it's getting a little bit more exciting and then the movie just ends after everyone everyone dies within like five minutes i'm like okay um the other thing i would say with the manufactured found footage thing is that the tape like unnecessarily is damaged all the time and it's such a bad effect Mm mm-hmm it is so bad it's just like ooh, it's oh it's all dinged up from it's, whatever but it's just a really bad effect that takes you out of the movie it's also supposed to like convey how th- it's a f- like how damn like damaged the uh the people are coming becoming like with the yeah. events and everything how they're becoming unhinged but it was so corny yeah i just didn't feel like there was Nece- it wasn't necessary like the the found footage thing for me did not work at all. I I think this movie would have been better had it not been found footage, at least the way they executed it. And I want to go back to another great example of found footage. So one Blair Witch Project. I haven't seen Paranormal Activity. I heard that's very good. The first one for that. And then, but my other one would be Creep on Netflix. Mm. I think Creep is like it makes sense why it's found footage. It's literally part of the plot. And I think it, it, and it's improvised. It feels so much more genuine, and you are so immersed into it, and it adds to the tension and the fear of because found footage can be really effective as like a POV, like jump scare sort of thing. Whereas this, it was just so obvious when the jump scares were coming, and when they happened, I didn't even jump. Like even when I know no. they're coming, I usually jump at jump scares just because of the. This, they pop out anyway, even if you know it's coming, you're still startled. It was so obvious but, in this movie that I felt like I knew where they were coming before they even like started building to it. Yeah. <laughs> and even when it happened, it wasn't even like, it was like, ah. Yeah, it or was like so... a kid running to the kitchen at 11-11. <laughs> oh I also, I have a soft spot for the first Cloverfield movie. Oh yeah, I was gonna I was gonna mention Cloverfield too. I think Cloverfield's just a better movie. I don't think it necessarily makes as much sense why it's found footage. Just because, like, I mean, if I was in that situation, I wouldn't be carrying around a camera. But (laughs) I've never actually seen Cloverfield. So oh really? Yeah, Cloverfield. Good movie. Cloverfield's a good movie. Um. Yeah. I don't know what else to say about this movie. It's bad. No, None of you went out and watched it in between last week and this week, and none of you are going to watch it. <laughs> we Even only... if it was on streaming, I would say forget it yeah. forever. This there's, movie's not worth watching. There's so much just like worse and better stuff that is more worth your time. <laughs> like We saw Cats, and this was more boring. And I would rather watch <laughs> Cats again. I would too. <laughs> Cats was at least, I mean, at least I fell asleep during Cats. That's hard. (laughs) (laughs) See, that makes it difficult, though, and puts me in a difficult position because I just said I'd rather watch Cats again, but I gave Cats a 1 out of 10. So what do I do with this one? (laughs) I'm giving this movie a 1 out of 10. I think I gave Cats a 2 out of 10. 
Uh, I'm giving it a one out of ten just for that part um, in the tent. And I guess the one-er-ish shot towards the climax was all right. I'm going from a production standpoint. I'm going to give it a one and bump cats up to one point five. <laughs> wow. wow! There we go. I'm glad we spent way too long talking about Skinwalker. This Ranch. is another case of like blood debts where I thought we were going to spend like five to ten <laughs> minutes on it, and we definitely didn't. <laughs> All right, Holden, let's go on to a good movie, Snowpiercer. Heck yeah. This time we will do non-spoiler and spoilers because it's a um, good movie. This is a good movie. It's worth watching. I don't think it's for everyone. Certainly it's less palatable than Parasite, I would say. Um uh, Snowpiercer, to me, feels like a mix of, like, Wrath of Khan, <laughs> the beginning, Wrath of Khan. mixed with, oh, what was what was the other movie? There's a little bit of Jojo Rabbit in there at points, yeah. and, there's, and there's one more movie I'm thinking of. I think I have it in my notes. You, you start talking, Holden. Okay, so I can give, like, a bit of a synopsis. Oh, yes, yeah. The Hunger Games. Hunger Games meets the beginning of Wrath yeah, of Khan right. meets Jojo Rabbit. Um, That's how I'd describe it. So Snowpiercer, um, for those of you who don't know, it is directed by Bong Joon-ho, who just um, released Parasite and won Oscars for it. And a lot of you have probably seen it. We've reviewed it. Very good movie. Um, but this was his first American or English language film, I think. I don't think he had an English one before this one, uh, but this one is in the English language. It stars Chris Evans, and it's basically about like this train a- after the this like apocalypse happened. The only remaining human life is basically trapped on this moving train, this really huge moving train, um, and it's all separated by class. There's you have like the rich people that live in the front of the train and the poor people that live at the back of the train. And Chris Evans is a member of the poorer class, and they want to lead a revolt um, to try to get more rights than fairness yeah. on the train. So basically. the the movie takes place 18 years after the apocalypse, and mm-hmm. everybody started boarding the boarding the train. Or sorry, just short of 17 years, or just short of 18 years, and you pass the 18 year mark in the movie. Um, and there has been like revolutions that have happened already. I thought that was an interesting part of the movie. Like this train has its own history mm-hmm. over 18 years. Like there are kids born on the train that are yeah. train babies who literally don't know any life outside of the train. And they need to capture the engine, which is at the very front of the train, in order to have sort of any, uh, that as like a bargaining chip, to have any bargaining power to gain more rights and kind of the whole movie the theme of the movie is like whether this kind of predestination is a thing or you know if you are do you belong in your point of society like if you um, are wealthy you are meant to be wealthy if you are poor you are meant to be poor and you should do your role well Um, you should accept your role do it well be a contributing part of society it's like whether that idea is valid or whether it should be challenged so this movie is kind of 
um, the story of this revolution led by Chris Evans. And it's interesting to see it progress. There's a lot of uh, parallels between this and the Metro series. Um, I've never seen, I've never played the Metro. Yeah. So, I mean, Metro, it's both a book series and a video game series. They're a little bit different from each other. Um, But it's not so much that they're trapped on a train and there's like different classes and whatnot, but there's just like the setting and various things that happen in this movie echo a lot of what happens in those games. And I think the books came out before the movie. So I I almost want to know if like this movie was influenced by that, by the first book or two at all. This, this is also based off a book. Oh, that's true. That's you're right. Right. And so, also, there's like a Netflix series, Snowpiercer. No, uh, it's a TNT series. TNT out. series. Yeah, it's coming out later this year. Uh, adaptation. Mm. Um, so I quite like this movie. I don't think it's fantastic. I think it's really good. I have a couple problems with it that I think keep it from being like great. Um, I, but. I think it's a really solid movie that most people should watch if you like a good time. Yeah, I think it's a little bit slow to get going. Yes, kind of. That's one of my things. Yeah, it's, ironically, as it's a train speeding around the world yeah. <laughs> constantly. It's so interesting because, like, uh, most of these movies that we talk about, and I always, I always bring up like the middle of the movie and the pacing and whatnot in the middle of the movie. But this one actually is the start of the movie. That's the biggest kind of slog to get through because after the first like. I don't know if it's the first third or quarter or what it is. Uh, it's It gets really interesting up until the end, I'd say. Yeah, I think it, it gets more interesting as it goes along. There's also a lot of very jarring tonal shifts in this movie Yeah, that I think I kind of just went with it. And I think you have to if you watch this movie. If you're someone who's not really open to kind of weird movies, I don't think you're going to like this movie. I think you're going to be turned off by it. I think you might find it interesting, but I don't think you're going to enjoy watching this movie because there are parts where it's like you're definitely going one direction in one tone, and then also all of a sudden it takes a complete left turn. Yeah. And I it's don't... just kind of bonkers. See, and I that didn't really bother me too much because it kind of... It weirdly flowed. That that's something that normally I would have a problem with, but I thought it was done relatively all right in this movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought the weird tonal shifts were all right. Um, acting very good across the board. I think Chris Evans gives the best performance I've seen from him in this movie. Yeah, I don't. I feel like the dialogue too towards the beginning is not is kind of I don't know maybe exposition heavy or something it just doesn't it it's, felt it just it was it didn't click for me at the beginning but I liked this movie more as it went on Had you seen this movie before Jimmy? No, this was the first time I had okay. seen it. So I had seen it before in fall so I guess take this bit with a grain of salt but when I was watching it this time I couldn't remember what I thought the first time when I was watching it this time um, I tried to like look at it, look at the beginning of the movie as someone who hadn't seen it before. And it did seem very exposition heavy, but it also just seemed really confusing. I, well, so 
I watched this movie literally knowing nothing about it other than yeah. there was a train and there was Chris Evans. I didn't know the genre. I, I mean, mm. like, and there was action in it. That's all I knew. I didn't know it was post-apocalyptic. I had no idea what the premise was, anything. And I just felt it was kind of clumsy. Yeah. It and was... I was like, where is this movie going? Mm-hmm. Um... More on uh, more on acting, I guess. I, yeah. So I I've got some notes. Octavia Spencer is fantastic. I yeah, thought she's good uh, in Tilda, everything. Tilda Swinton didn't even recognize that was her. I didn't either. The first time I watched it, I was like, "What?" When I saw the credits, Tilda she might, Swinton. She might actually be my favorite performance. Um, I don't have the name down, but the the dad from Parasite, yes, is in yes. this. He is fantastic, and the actress who plays his daughter is also excellent. Um, and then Ed Harris is also in this film. He's um, he plays Ed Harris. So. Yeah, <laughs> which I, Ed Harris is one of those actors that plays the same character in everything. But I love him in everything he's in. He's just yeah. like very very entertaining to watch. Yeah. Um, Other things that stood out to me, uh, this I found the score to be actually quite similar to Parasite. Yes, but in a good way. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Do you know if the composers are the same? I did not look that up. Okay. Um, I the, I was thinking that too. There are a few tracks in this movie that I'm like, I couldn't tell if like, I I was thinking about Parasite or if I just remembered them for the first time I watched the movie, because I've seen Parasite enough times now that I feel like I know the soundtrack pretty well. Um, I really loved the all the production uh, design of each carriage. I thought that was really interesting. Especially as they're progressing, um, as the story progressed. Uh, let's see, do I have... There's some very violent parts. Like yeah. Effective violence. Yeah. Um, and that kind of, like, I'll, uh, I'll give this bit of a shift. Um, or I guess this, I, I can't give a spoiler, never mind. Um, but some of them do involve heavy amounts of violence. Some of the huge tonal shifts do. Um, overall, I got a lot of eighties sci-fi vibes from this. It seemed kind of grittier, yeah, and kind of funky, the funkier than a lot of like the more polished, like Blade Runner twenty forty nine and Ex Machina, and kind of that court, sort of clean. It kind of well, and it's funny you say like, that because I was. It seemed like the original Blade Runner. Some of the set some of the sets to me at least Mm -hmm. because the first the first blade runner seems a lot dirtier than the new one and part of that is is just that it's an older movie so it it looks older um but i felt some of the cars like i thought especially the uh the very back of the very back car seemed like it looked straight out of blade runner yeah um i think i'm about out of notes here uh, in terms of non-spoilers i there were there were a few bits of the script that i thought oh we'll get it i i it's some very very obvious foreshadowing that i'll get into in in spoilers all right holden you ready to give your score yeah snowpiercer i'll give it a eight out of ten I'm going 8.5 out of 10. All right. I think, I think that's. I think I enjoyed it about a eight out of 10, maybe seven and a half out of 10. But I think it's got a lot of 
interesting interesting themes and layers working for working for it um that i the more you look at it i think i watched if i watched it again i would be able to take more from it i think it's got some depth there that i want to give it credit for i think my entertainment rating is about the same as my critical rating so i'll settle at an eight (laughs) yeah but i would say if you are not i mean if you liked parasite i think you're gonna like this movie if parasite was a little weird for you or strange for you you're really not gonna i don't think you're gonna enjoy this no okay on to spoilers on to spoilers So it's so you mentioned Parasite and to me one of my gripes about this movie I didn't mention it in non-spoilers because I figured I needed to talk about it here I felt the themes were a little too on the nose and I felt like they weren't I felt like the movie didn't have enough to say about them to I like I thought they were they're, they're good themes and it, obviously there's movies that do them a lot worse but it just kind of seemed like very basic to me and it seemed like kind of go like had some similar things to what parasite was going for but parasite just did them better and that might just be a detriment that we saw parasite before seeing this one i agree 100% i mean <laughs> parasite does that so effectively yeah that to compare it it's like of course it's like not even fair yeah i agree some of the things are a little on the nose um but i think they're interesting and i think it's just one big interesting analogy to begin with Mm -hmm. and it like you said it's very on the nose like literally the cars separate the classes (laughs) like you can't get more on the nose than that yeah I um, like that aspect. I that I can see why where you get the Hunger Games influence from. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> like it's literally like the districts and Tilda Swinton is seems like I forget the the name of the the character from the Hunger Games. She's like the District Twelve kind of spokesman who like yeah. draws the names. Very similar in terms of their characters. I think Tilda Swinton's really was the standout yeah. character for me. And so, so great. <laughs> I loved her speech about the shoe goes on the foot. Yeah. Shoe does not go on the hat. And she's got like seven minutes to do this before they sledgehammer, sledgehammer this guy's arm off. Yeah. Um, and so that, that kind of gets into our uh, the bits of like heavy violence in this. So that was pretty... That that scene where they like sledgehammer it got had very similar vibes to Misery. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, the Rob Reiner Stephen King movie. Um, just because, like, the way that they shot it, you see it for a split second, like the sledgehammer make contact with the frozen arm, but you don't like actually see it shatter. The same kind of thing happens uh, with the very famous hobbling scene, uh, hobbling scene in Misery. Spoilers for Misery. Yeah, I if guess. you haven't seen it, it's an old movie, <laughs> and it's also the most famous scene from the movie. <laughs> I've never seen that movie in its entirety. I've just seen chunks Good of movie. it. But that's like, yeah. I right when they picked like showed the sledgehammer for the first time, I just cringed. Yeah. I was like, Ooh, oh, it's hard to watch. Um, um I thought the part about eating babies was like I I don't know. It felt know, added to me. Like I didn't hate it, 
but it, it felt like I don't think we needed this monologue here. I mean, it fleshed out his character a little bit more. I didn't quite understand the relationship Chris Evans had with his like friend. I was like, are they romantic? Like I couldn't tell from watching it oh. the first time. Yeah, I agree. That relationship isn't very well defined. I And he dies pretty early on in the movie, too. Which was surprising. Yeah. Was like, wow. Um I liked his monologue. I thought it was I think I liked it mostly f- because it did flesh out his character and also um Chris Evans' performance while giving it very good. I think that's probably his best part of the movie for me. Um I also I agree really with that. I also really like the parallel, uh, like, and I didn't notice this until I watched it, but like they talk about how uh, John Hurt's character, the old guy, um, Gilliam, Gilliam, he like severs his arm to like save the kid, save the kid, and then Chris Evans, which is actually, it's funny because I, this screenplay I've been working on, there's some parallels between some of these ideas, so yeah. But Chris Evans does it later, and I was when I saw that. I mean, obviously, it's not to eat his. That arm. was like, yeah, that was like, I would sacrifice myself now. I w- or I would hope I would do that now. I'm like, well, you're going to. <laughs> so <laughs> that was some heavy foreshadowing. Um, the the really heavy foreshadowing that I thought was really funny when I when I listened to it was when they first have the what's what's the whole what's like the drug thing called. I forget. Anyway, they have like a drug in this movie that is, it's basically just like industrial, it's like waste from the train. It's like, mm-hmm. it's just like really gross stuff. Um, but the first time they have it, they use it to like wake up uh, the, the guy from Parasite. They use it to wake him up. And then <laughs> John Hurt's character is just like, be careful. That stuff is dangerous and flammable. <laughs> And there's like no reason for that line to be there because there's not even like any fire or anything around. I guess I didn't pick that up. Yeah, I thought it was it was just this very funny. I don't think he's even on screen when he says it. I think it's shouted from off screen. <laughs> yeah, I thought that Gilliam character was interesting because he's he does that he sacrifices himself. I mean his arms, mm-hmm. but then Ed Harris. I don't maybe he's just lying but he seems to suggest that gilliam was kind of in on this whole plan of like maintaining the population which i mean it makes sense yeah it would make sense to me that at least someone back there would be in on it like especially if this is like been this whole big plan to get this revolution going which i had actually for some reason i had forgotten that's why the revolution ha- like had gotten going so this when i watched it again i was like oh yeah <laughs> when it got to ed harris talking i was like oh i forgot about that about them killing people well about about the whole point of getting the revolution started was to like just kill off people on the train well that wasn't the point of chris evans so no, but that was the point of getting it started. That was why Ed Harris planted the seeds and why Gilliam helped sow them. Yeah. Classic Ed Harris. Yeah. Um, that really blew up in his face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really, like... I, didn't re- I, I don't really know, like, what 
Ed Harris thought he was going to accomplish at the well, end just, there. Because, like, how is if, if Chris Evans is going to figure out or if Chris Evans is going to take over the train like Ed Harris wants him to, like Ed Harris wants him to, he's going to figure out about the children anyway. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't understand that part either. That seemed weird. So, I don't know. For context, in case you're listening to this without any, without having seen it, there's children that like are makeshift parts for the train. When yeah. when parts like go bad, they just like stick small children in those spaces. They're teaching them to know their place. Yep, they're just part of the machine. They're, they're just like cogs in the cogs in the wheel. The machine. Capitalism, am I right? Oh, yeah, sure are. <laughs> the train uh, of capitalist society, Holden. The the ending of the movie was surprisingly bleak. <laughs> like yeah. it, there, there's some hope, I guess, but like, is there? Good luck. Yeah, <laughs> crashed and you're stuck on a mountain. They I literally like how crashed in like the most the, the worst place to crash the train. And I like how <laughs> the parasite dad. He's like every year I look at that plane and I see more of it every year. It's melting. I'm like, or it's just you know the wind. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a lot to stake the entirety of humanity on oh my gosh (laughs) i uh i did i liked the scene even though it was really silly and didn't make any sense i liked the scene where they were shooting at each other from the different cars of the train i liked that too it kind of felt a little mission impossible like kind of early mission impossible that was one of those i I liked it i feel like that was one of those scenes that felt a little out of place in the movie because there's not really anything else like it in the rest of the movie but also just the windows are like bulletproof so they're really not doing anything yeah and how are they like aiming that well like they just have like these assault rifles (laughs) that don't have that presumably don't have that big of scopes on them like (laughs) no They've got like this great accuracy, but it's very silly and very fun. I, in addition to that action, I guess one of the things that I thought was interesting <clears throat> was at the beginning of the movie, they had a lot of like shaky cam for the action scenes, the way they filmed them. I guess them. they didn't notice. But it wasn't like bad. Like you could tell what was happening. And I felt like it was very, it, <clears throat> this could be me reaching, but I felt like it was very much used to convey like, how desperate, especially at the start, this whole revolution was, like how worried and like frantic they were about it uh, when they started out. Because I feel like they dropped that filming style maybe a third of the way into the movie. Um, but yeah. What did you think about the scene with all the guys with axes and they turned the lights out? Or no, first off, they were fighting and then all of a sudden... It was like the happy new year. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? And then they turn the lights off and they're getting slaughtered. But the, the running of the torches to the front lines, that was cool. Yeah, I liked that. Um, that was when it really started going off the walls for me. And then like the next, I believe the next part after that is when they go to the school. I love the school scene. that's one of my favorite parts of the movie i just love how like it shows how like adapted and like brainwashed these kids are essentially to like what's happening on the train and then they just they pull up machine guns (laughs) (laughs) and start shooting at them 
<laughs> that was so where funny. the Jojo Rabbit came in for me. Yeah, that was pretty funny. The teacher, Tilda Swinton's just like all into it. I tried. She's to- like, she's totally sipping the Kool Aid. Oh yeah, I kept trying to figure out um, where I recognize. I kept trying to figure out where I recognized the teacher, but she's the drummer from Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> oh, so that movie I've seen once in high school. It's really good. Um, what Got else? Anything, I thought, anything left to say? That okay. So that one like henchman guy who doesn't keeps like coming back and not dying. You know, the guy who shoots train to train. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. I. His introduction was weird because he just kind of shows up and then he's he like this ongoing presence throughout the rest of the movie. Yeah, it's kind of weird. And then he dies not super late into the movie, I guess. But then he comes back. Yeah, and then he comes back again. I forgot about that. <laughs> to fight. Yeah, he's just lying on the floor of the sauna and he's like, you know what? I need one last moment of tension here. Yeah. I mean, I thought I liked him because I don't think he... I think he only has one line of dialogue in the entire movie because I rem- it's like at the end because I think like the daughter of the parasite actor it, <laughs> I like how that's just how we're referring to him but uh, the daughter of the parasite actor uh, is like shooting at him and then runs out and then he's just like out of bullets and like his voice did not match like what I imagined <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's his only line in the entire movie and it was very funny all right I think I'm uh, I'm out of things to say about I Snow think I Piercer. Too. It's you. I mean, I always say this after spoilers, but go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Classic Rec- Golden. Solid recommendation. It's on Netflix. All right, Olden. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No. What are you doing? What are you doing? No. What are you doing? What are you doing? What am I doing, Jimmy? Good question. What am I doing? Well, right now I'm recording a podcast, believe it or not. Sitting downstairs doing that. That's good. That's good. Your audio's still working. You don't have yeah. two Chrome tabs open. Hey, I've got I've got GarageBand right up in front of me right now. It's recording. It's doing a good job. Oh, so you're not even looking at me over Skype. Well, you you're in a little corner. <laughs> <laughs> don't put me in the corner. Um but How's your eBay bidding war going on for oh, your let's Ocu- see, let's see. Oculus Rift? <laughs> um, this is this is what we need. We should have teased this content. at the beginning. I blew it. Uh, so for a bit of bit of context, I was wanting to do this throughout the the show, and I just forgot. Um, I've I've been I mentioned it on the last podcast. I think I've been shopping around for an Oculus Rift uh, because Half Life Alex, and um, we have a new computer that can handle it and all that good stuff. Um, but they've been like sold out brand, uh, brand new from the Oculus website and Amazon and all those places. So I've been resorting to eBay and I go on <laughs> tonight to do kind of my like check I do every few hours. And there's just like one <laughs> has a $1 bid on it. And so I put a, put a whole $1 and 50 cents on that puppy. So let's see uh, where it's at right now. Um, watching Where's it I at? don't think I don't think you're gonna get it for a dollar fifty cents so then just going out on a limb what the heck Jimmy uh I don't know where it is never mind don't worry about it 
<laughs> he doesn't even know where it is. How is he going to win that bidding? Work? I don't know. I'm not going to be able to find it again. Gosh dang it. Uh, but yeah, so that's been happening. But in addition to that, I... What did I do? I beat the Control DLC. It's pretty good. Quite liked it. Um, I've been playing... This is the big thing I've been playing this week. I've been playing uh, South Park, The Fractured Butthole. And I had mentioned butthole. Yeah. Uh, I think I had mentioned that I had started it before Doom came out, but I've been like really getting into it now. And this is the Ubisoft game that I was, uh, that I mentioned earlier. Oh, I did not know that was Ubisoft. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it is, it's very good. I think I might, I don't think, I think maybe the first game is funnier, but I think this one is more fun to play. There's a lot more to like options and things to do. The combat is just a lot more, a lot, it's a lot cooler than just being like a simple turn-based RPG like the first one was. Um, but I have had a ver- some very cool moments in it. Uh, some spoilers, I guess, for the game. Minor spoilers. I don't know no, if you don't spoil it. You don't want me to spoil it? Are you ever going to no. play it? I want to play it, man. Okay, fine. Uh, there are some very good bosses in the game. Uh, I just fought one that I thought was particularly funny. And I also bought the DLC for it, which one of them, you go to Casa Bonita. <laughs> Casa Bonita. <laughs> which is a good episode. And I actually just did that whole set of missions. That was pretty fun. And uh, the other one, you go to <laughs> Camp Tardy Caca. <laughs> <laughs> I won't explain what that is. Um, but very good stuff. Uh, and... Yeah, so good game. And what else? I started playing Alan Wake on the computer. I've had that game for like five years and just have not finished it or really played it that much. But that's the game and also made by the Control people. And I think it's their... That or Control is their most critically acclaimed game. I can't remember. But they're now, they now exist in the same fictional universe too, so... According nice. to Control. So, Alan Wake is pretty good so far. Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. In addition... Alan Rickman. I haven't watched... Uh, like, last week I had a lot of movies I had watched, but I didn't really have that much this week in that regard. I've been watching uh, Watchmen, the HBO series. Because oh, I... Oh, yeah. When that first came out, I had seen the first episode, and then I just, like, didn't watch anymore. It's so good. Jimmy, I think you would love it. <laughs> You think so, huh? I think so. It's like, so I I was noticing this, and I mean, Damon Lindelof also did, I mean, he wrote this, but he also did um, The Leftovers, which I also loved. And he's like, it's, it's interesting since he and J.J. Abrams both, like, had a hand in Lost, because, like... Damon J- Lindelof much more so than J.J. Yes, Abrams. Yeah, yeah, but, like... It's just funny because, like, both of them have this, like, almost mystery box way of storytelling, but Damon Lindelof just, like, whenever he writes, it's so much better. And he always has, like, these, like, like unknowns that he introduces that he doesn't necessarily, like, explain later on. Like, Leftovers has a lot of stuff that just isn't explained like see, by the end the, of it see that's the problem with lost is that that he tried to explain it all in the end and i was of the opinion that you just didn't i didn't yeah. care about a lot of that stuff but it's like people had their theories and they wanted to know it was very much like you know the star wars sequels where everybody yeah. has their theory about everything and they want to know where it's like i don't need to know 
some of that stuff as long as like the core is there the characters are there the themes exactly. are there and the plot is interesting like i don't care if some of those mysteries are go unanswered yeah and like Watch- i mean as long as it like makes sense Watchmen is kind of going in that direction, like where there's just a lot of things. I'm like, what the heck is happening? But they and they're explaining bits and pieces of it as you go along. And it is very much required that you have read the comic. Like if you haven't read the comic, you're going to be lost. I feel like you would not get nearly as much out of it if you haven't read it. Just because there's a lot of like plot points and like references and just callbacks to the comic and whatnot um and it is it's a sequel to the comic so it is i mean you should read it anyway um so that's been very good been watching south park more um yeah i'm i don't think i actually watched any movies aside from what we watched i'm gonna say no Okay, I'll settle it at that. Oh, no, one one last thing. I don't think I mentioned it on last week's, uh, but I finished Gravity Falls. Really, really good. Very good cartoon. I loved it, actually. <laughs> it's so as far as kids cartoons go, especially modern ones, it's one of the best, I think. I don't even think I've heard of it. What channel really? is it on? It was Disney XD. Nope, sorry, not an avid watcher of Disney XD. Well, so the only reason I, like, I had always heard about it because it has, like, this great writing, and, like, especially in the latter half of the series, it's only two seasons long, but the latter half has, like, this pretty interesting plot that happens, and it's just, it gets pretty incredible, I think. And all there's so many, like, just f- lovable and fun characters in it. I think like the main antagonist of like the series, I won't spoil it in case anyone that's listening watches it, but the main antagonist of like the series, especially in the second season, he's, he's incredible. He's so funny. And he's also just like, he's a good villain. I quite like him, but yeah, I think that's it for me though. So Jimmy, what are you watching or doing? Well, the movie I watched for fun was Snowpiercer, but then we ended up doing it for this podcast. So, um, just no, just playing more Assassin's Creed Odyssey, slowly making my way through that guy. It's just so expansive, nice, crazy. It's insane how much there is to do in that game, and how good it actually is. Like, it's not perfect, but like, I'm astounded by the quality of a lot of the side stuff that I thought I kind of it just assumed. It would be very repetitive and stuff, but mm-hmm. it's actually pretty unique and creative and interesting, the little side stories. It's very distracting to keep you from going through the whole story. I also just haven't even been to the whole game world yet because it's just huge. And I have nearly like 80 hours on that thing. It's insane. Jeez. I probably have like a third of the story left and there's still a bunch of stuff left to do. I'll probably platinum it. It's a very doable platinum, like about 5% of players have it, which is incredible, again, with how long the game is. Yep. But And then after that, I feel like I'm going to replay The Last of Us. I want to replay that, too. I think that's in my upcoming list, my queue. 
I don't that know or uh, I haven't. I've only played Uncharted two once. I want to go back to that too. Mm-hmm. It's been hard for me not to go back to those while I'm playing Assassin's Creed because I know if I do that, it's going to be hard for me to come back. Yeah, to Assassin's Creed. I, I I ever since I I played and beat four, I've had this constant wanting to go back to them, and I just have been holding off since I have other games I should play first. But now with this coronavirus maybe i'll just do that at some point um so that in better call saul almost done with season four season five is just wrapping up so i'll be pretty much caught up by the 10 by like a week or two after season five ends fantastic so good it's it's just like i don't have like any complaints about the show at all (laughs) it's incredible I mean, I guess you kind of know how it ends because it's a prequel, but it's it's so good. And like you yeah. can tell Vince Gilligan had a very clear plan for the series of like certain beats he was going to have instead of just like running it as it goes. Yeah. Like, like Lost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love Lost, even though it's not very good. I should watch it sometime. The first season is definitely worth watching, I think. Yeah. Um, I've heard. And then uh, I was going to, oh, so this video I made for YouTube, I want to start making a lot more YouTube videos and doing them well. Like I don't want it to be like a, just a whatever kind of push out content. I want to like, have them stand out and have be high production value. I think you're going to be able to see that from this first video I uploaded. It's getting a little bit of uh, views and stuff already, which is nice to see. But so if you can check that out, um, go to go subscribe to our YouTube page, our YouTube channel now. If you haven't, that one movie podcast. Um, I'll and have some bonus content going out there. I assume I'm I'm saying this without having asked you first. I assume you're also going to be uploading the podcast onto there now. No. No, I'm not. What? No. Why? No, I'm not. There's people who want to listen to it on YouTube, though. I'm not doing it. Why? Because I'm not doing it. That's I'll if it becomes popular enough, I'll make a separate channel for just the podcast. It's about the YouTube algorithm, Holden. Yeah, like we really need to worry about that right now. Sure. I apologize for putting in all this effort to try to expand our audience, Holden, and to put out good quality stuff for people to see. Yep. Good. You should. Yep. Thank you. Uh, Oh, that reminds me. Uh, Speaking of, uh, if you want to watch an actual good video, (laughs) just kidding, Jimmy. Uh, I've been watching this YouTube series that is very, very funny, Um, and it's called... It's called Half Life VR, but the AI, the but the AI is sentient, and I mean like a lot of you a lot of you listening might roll your eyes and be like, oh, like Holden, he likes Half Life. Of course, he's gonna he's gonna like this series about Half Life. But it is genuinely hilarious, and I like I know people that have not played Half Life that think this is funny. Basically, it's this guy who he's playing through the original Half Life game with a VR headset. And it's supposed to be like the AI is sentient, but he's really just playing with his friends. Uh, his friends are like 
it's like some sort of multiplayer that they're going through on and it's all like improvised so it's there's no like it's not scripted at all and it's very they're very talented at just like coming up with random things it's so funny highly recommend that yeah maybe you should take some notes there holden (laughs) (laughs) i there were a few times today where i almost made references to that series and i just didn't because i knew no, i figured most people who listen wouldn't get it but go watch that if you like very very funny things like our podcast yes it's Obviously. funnier it's funnier than our podcast are we done here well, i think so um next week we are doing drum diary of a wimpy kid the long haul can't wait for that one um, I hope I found that. I tried to like DVR it because I saw it was on, but it was like, it'll record it the next time it airs. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm <laughs> not paying for this movie. Um, so we'll be reviewing that film and we'll also do another one, kind of like we did this week where Jimmy and I will just kind of pick one that we've been wanting to watch. I'll probably pick this week since Jimmy kind of picked this one. Or we won't because under promise and over deliver, Holden sure (laughs) (laughs) so don't count on it so you know what pleasantly surprised we might not even have an episode next week (laughs) just (laughs) don't count on it hey you know what when you guys keep sending in requests like skinwalker ranch and diary of a wimpy kid the long i 100 percent think diary of a wimpy kid will be infinitely more entertaining than that movie (laughs) it's hard to motivate yourself (laughs) to get this done uh yeah, I think that's it though. Uh, Facebook and social medias, and we got our Gmail. Donate to our Patreon if you like. Leave us those reviews so you can uh, request movies and whatnot. Yeah. yeah, check out the YouTube channel. All the yeah. stuff is in the description. We'll talk to you next week. Yes. Maybe. We will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Adios, pantalones. Love you. <laughs>